This is episode six of the Jack of All Trades podcast titled Inspiring Woman Through Purpose. The quote of the show is, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. This is by Brene Brown. In celebration of Women's History Month, this month's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast is going to focus on student-athlete development programming that targets specifically female student-athletes. On today's show, I'm fortunate to interview both Sophia Reed and Lacey Pearl John from the University of Arizona's CATS Life Skills Program on both their Women's of Purpose and Inspiring Women's Programs. Some of the other topics we discuss are why creating programming for women is so important to them and where they get their passion from to do this, and also the one word that women need to hear more of and why. Tune in and welcome to the Jack of All Trades. This is going to be episode six of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Featuring Lacey and Sophia from the University of Arizona's Life Skills Program, CAT. Can you guys give us in the audience more of an introduction on what you guys do on a day-to-day and how long have you guys been there? Sure. Hi, guys. We're glad to be here. Um, So Sophia and I both work for CAT, which stands for Commitment to an Athlete's Total Success, and this program was created back in the kind of early 90s as a holistic approach to student-athlete development, and so we work very closely with our CATS academics folks, CATS sports and clinical psychology, CATS medical, CATS strength and conditioning, and so then CATS life skills falls right in line with that, and so... um, our focus in our area is personal development, career development, and community engagement. And so we kind of put together programs and, and events to work with all those other areas of the CATS program, but specifically those three focus points. And I've been here, I was a student athlete here from 04 to 09, and then kind of just never left. <laughs> I, I um, had another job coming out of swimming and then uh, was working at the rec center, but would volunteer with the CATS program in the evenings, and then finally got a, was brought on full-time in 2014. So I've been here for a couple of years, and we're lucky to have Sophia just recently join us. Yeah, so I joined in July of this past summer, and so it's been a whirlwind and a really exciting almost full year for me. Um, with life skills, and um, I'm excited to get to share a little bit more about our program. Awesome. So, you know, one of the things that I found to be really interesting was that you guys were both student athletes. Lacey mentioned at the University of Arizona, but Sophia was a, was a woman soccer player at Towson. So. <clears throat> What role has, you know, being a former student athlete had, if any, on wanting to be in student athlete development? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it plays a huge role in wanting to be in student-athlete development because I think we believe in this experience and, you know, all the benefits of it, the power of it. And so um, for me, it's like how can we help our student-athletes take advantage of it and provide them with opportunities that maybe we as student-athletes did or did not have, but, you know, we all – I think everyone is on the same page of like how much you can learn from sport and your teammates and teamwork and working across cultural divides. Um, And so for us, it's like being able to actually talk through those things and like make sure we are getting those learning outcomes out of the sporting experience and really making it um, really impactful for them and helping them understand how incredible it is um, and hoping that, you know, that, that success continues into whatever is next for the students. Yeah, and just kind of building off of, you know, what Sophia was saying, because it's that exactly right. You know, we see this potential and we see this need. And I think from, at least from my own experience, um, I remember even in recruiting, I had a coach who was the coach of Arizona, and it was at that point when you're, you know, high school student and you're just overwhelmed with everything that's being pretty much thrown at you all at once. Um, you know, he, he kind of took me aside and said, hey, you know what, to be a great athlete, you really need three things. And as you're recruiting, in this recruiting process, look at the coach, look at the team, and then look for places where you can go and develop as a person. Because the better you are as an individual, the better you're going to perform as an athlete, as a student, and in all arenas of your life. And I didn't quite understand that at first as a high school student, but becoming a student athlete that was absolutely true. And I needed to find a space where I could go to just be me. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, someone judging me for my GPA or having the fastest time or the right records or, you know, I could just really focus on myself and who Lacey was as a person. And um, so when I came to Arizona and we had this program already in place, you know, I, I loved it and I got involved with, a variety of different programs, and it wasn't until I left college and I was continuing to swim on the national team, I saw that there were other athletes who didn't have that foundation, who didn't have that uh, core sense of self where they knew who they were outside of sport, and they knew they had value, and they, they could apply the skills that made them great in sport to other areas of their life. And so it kind of just sparked that fire in me that, you know, I need to come back. (laughs) I need to work with athletes, and I need to be able to be just another voice to help remind them of who they are and their value outside of times, records, and medals. Right. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, being able to understand that you are more than just an athlete, however cliche that might sound is, you know, outstanding because there's so many different things that go into the day-to-day life and, you know, you might be able to compete for the first 21 years of your life and hopefully even further. But at some point, you're going to have to be able to develop as well. And this type of programming that you guys are doing specifically for female student-athletes just because it's Women's History Month is outstanding. So with that being said, why is creating programming for just women 
so important to each of you guys? Um, I think for, you know, for both of us, you know, we have that, because I think we are women and we, we, we knew how much support we needed and still need. And so we want to provide that. But also, you know, we see women as, as so much, um, there's so much potential out there for, for young women today. And we want them to feel empowered. We want them to know that they are capable of breaking boundaries and setting new limits and, there's just um, this overwhelming, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it's, it's an excitement around female empowerment, and we want to be a part of that, and we want our student athletes to feel that as well. And so creating spaces for that has just been really important to us. Yeah, and, and I think if we're, you know, if our responsibilities in student athlete development are to make sure that our students are developing holistically, we would kind of be doing like a disservice if we didn't come at that from the different angles of their identities. So being a woman or being a minority or, you know, being a man, just like being able to see how your identities also impact your experiences and, and providing, especially a woman in sport, like providing them with these tools and opportunities and connections to, um, you know, to live a fulfilling life and kind of figure out what their purpose and their values are. Um, and I think kind of taking that identity-focused approach is important because then it, it empowers them to feel good about themselves and, like, recognize how incredible each of them are individually. Um, and so I think, I think that's the thinking behind, you know, creating these specific population-based programs is to just focus on their identities and make sure that, you know, they know that there's so many opportunities out there and really empowering them to do, to do what, whatever they want to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just maximizing in on that I, identity. You know, it's not a divide. It's a platform to be able to use and utilize and just the changing of culture needs to happen, and that's what you guys are doing at Arizona. And I really think it's important. I mean, the two programs we're going to focus in on today are outstanding. But for those that don't have those programs, what type of factors do you think need to go into building programming that just targets the female population? And also maybe the staff that coaches them and then besides coaching, just what you guys are in and the academics as well that serve them. Yeah, I love the quote from one of our softball coaches, well, our head softball coach, Mike Candrea, who's won eight national championships and is really one of the cornerstones in USA softball. You know, he had, when he talks about coaching his women, and he said, coaching women and coaching men are so different because men feel good when they win. But women have to feel good in order to win. And I think that's really true. And, you know, looking at, you know, being female athletes and looking at our own careers and looking at the current state of female athletes today, you know, there's no compartmentalizing their lives. They really, and we all, you know, take one failure in one area and we carry it with us to other pieces of our lives. And so really looking at the holistic approach to 
that female student-athlete is important and being able to create space where they can talk about all of these elements of who they are and understanding that they, like, we, like Sophia said earlier, they all intersect and that in order to help one piece, we got to address all of them. And um, I think that's where our programming tries to cast a wide net over um, a, a lot of different things. And you know, just to name a couple of them, you know, we have perfectionism, imposter syndrome, self-talk, and self-compassion, but also creating support. And support just not for academics and not for, you know, their athletic um, pursuits, but really all aspects of their life and allowing them to make those relationships and connections is important. Yeah, and I think to go off of that, like, the support is so huge. Like, Lacey's done an awesome job of putting together this entire, um, like, network of our athletic staff that is, you know, mentors for the for inspiring women. And then with Women of Purpose, we have staff members come to meetings and participate in that. And so it's like having these impactful conversations at the workshops, but then also providing them with tools to expand their network or continue looking into whatever subject that we talk about, like just providing access to all these other opportunities that they can kind of, if anything piques their interest, like take it and run with it. Um, but I think that network and having them see like visually how many people get it and support them and want to help is really important. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the hour-long workshop is great, but the types of resources that you guys provide outside of that is even greater. And these are just some questions that I found to be interesting just for Lacey. She won the NCAA's Woman of the Year Award during her time as a student-athlete at Arizona, and then she also won the silver medal in the four by hundred meter race in the 2008 Summer Olympics. So, what were these experiences like, and how do you use these stories of your own personal journey as a re as a reflection when speaking with female athletes at Arizona? Yeah. No. I I've been blessed with some really cool experiences in my career. And, um, you know, in 2008, I made the Olympic team. I was in Beijing, and I swam on the 4x100 freestyle relay where we won a silver medal. And then I also swam the 100 freestyle individually but didn't medal at that race. Um, and, you know, I I often don't talk about it. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, only because... I feel like it was an experience that I grew very personally and it was, it kind of changed my perspective of sport and it changed my perspective on my career. And so that was an amazing experience. You know, I will not say that I am disappointed at all. I, I accomplished everything that I had wanted to accomplish in my swimming career and, and being able to make the Olympic team and represent Team USA was absolutely a, an honor. Um, but I, I just felt like I was still wanting, but not wanting in swimming. And so when I won the award for the NCAA Woman of the Year in 2009, that was, that was the moment where I felt like, wow, I did it. You know, like I had accomplished what I had wanted to accomplish. And 
I realized that it was it was because the NCAA Woman of the Year Award looked at pretty much all aspects of your career. It looks at your athletics. It looks at your academics. It looks at your leadership and community engagement. And I finally felt like, wow, someone had seen me beyond just, you know, how fast I could swim in the pool and understood that what I was doing in the pool was a byproduct of who I was as a person because who I was as a person was able to be used in the community. It was able to be used in the classroom and, I was able to find success in all these areas of my life, but oftentimes we only focus on sport and we only focus on how it's, you know, the results that it creates in, you know, on the scoreboard or, you know, track or whatever. So I, I loved the NCAA Woman of the Year Award, and I, I feel more um, emotionally attached to that award than any other award that I've received in my life because I honestly believe that it's, it is the best award because athletes are way more than just like we talked about earlier than the stats, records, and medals. And so when I am able to share my story with athletes and just to walk with them along their path, I, I don't always talk about my experience, but I can empathize with their feelings of, you know, is there more? Is there more I can do? Am I worthy of this? And, you know, I, I feel like I can honestly say, yes, you are. And this is why, because you have so much more depth than what is shown on Twitter or, you know, ESPN tickers at the bottom of the screen. So. Right. Yeah. It's, that's interesting that you found that award to be so inspiring to your career, because I mean, it is, you know, everything else that goes into it. It's not just how great of an athlete you are. It's how great of a person you are. And that's what truly stands out because you can only be an athlete for so long, but you can be a person for your, your entire life. Um, Now, just to go back into the programming that you guys do, I mean, Sophia mentioned the names of them. Um, So there's the inspiring woman program and then the woman of purpose and both of these programs are great in their own like, um, but what made you guys want to develop each of them? Yeah, so I think Women of Purpose right now is uh, kind of run in conjunction with Men of Purpose, so it's Men and Women of Purpose. But I have to give a, a shout-out to Cindric Steptoe, who was the um, gentleman who created the program here, and so I kind of just stepped into it. Um, but it's been an amazing experience for me and the students. And I think with that program, it's kind of focusing on the racial piece of our students' experiences. And it's kind of looking at how, I mean, sport is a microcosm of society. So our our student athletes of color and student athletes from marginalized communities very much face some more difficult experiences or are looked at differently or talked about differently than are, you know, students that don't necessarily identify that way. So looking at retention rates and kind of how, for example, like um, the black, there's 4% black students on campus, but then within athletics, it's like a little bit over 20%. And then, so we are, you know, our student athletes are highlighted a bit more in a lot of different ways. And so being able to provide support for them, again, from like their different identities and recognizing that your identities affect 
how you walk about your go about your everyday life and how people you know the expectations that people place on you and different microaggressions that you may face and so really taking that like intersectional approach to their development and to the conversations to the conversations that we have with them to make sure that we are retaining them until graduation and they are involved and kind of are truly getting the most out of this experience. Yeah, and you know, I think Savia said it perfectly. We want them to feel like they belong and we want to create spaces where they do feel valued and um, you know, just like Sophia made a shout out to Cedric and you know, I have to give a shout out to Becky Bell, our director, who when we were thinking about creating these spaces, we looked at our senior exit um, our senior exit surveys that our student athletes have been doing for the last you know five to seven years, and we saw this increasing trend in body dissatisfaction with disordered eating with a lot of these coping behaviors. Um, dealing with low self-worth and don't, dealing with this idea of scarcity and, and, and not ever being enough. And so that kind of just took this whole spin and we just went down this rabbit hole of, okay, what can we do <laughs> to, to maybe help, um, to help our student athletes? Because obviously this is a struggle and I won't say it's just in our department. I will say that is nationally, you know, I think student athletes are struggling with this and we're seeing, you know, more mental health issues and challenges coming into into the lives of our student athletes, and so um, you know, specifically with inspiring women, I I want to say that it started mostly at you know this body duality and looking at the physical um, aspect of being a woman and you know how we how we perceive our bodies and how we use those as um, means to cope with kind of deeper struggles that we're feeling, and so. You know, we created Inspiring Women to address that, and then Men and Women of Purpose also took that same approach of we need to give them more support. We need to give them more touch points on feeling valued and, and belonging within this department. So that's really kind of the core of where it all stemmed from. Awesome. Yeah, it's the identity complex. And you guys mentioned some of the goals for both programs, you know, just using their identity as a platform of strength and not weakness and how to cope with those. But what are some of the other goals of both inspiring women and and the Women of Purpose programs? I think, yeah, for Women of Purpose, it's, again, to, like, leverage their identities and look at it from an intersectional space um, and kind of provide them with opportunities to to develop more and figure out what, you know, their thing is and what their passions are and things like that. Um, and so doing that through networking and, you know, campus collaborations and taking them to different spaces across campus, but just, like, I think that belonging piece is so huge. And it's my, our campus has, is on the same page, too, and has done a lot of, workshops and research around how to develop that sense of belonging. And it's just with like this continuous contact and continuous outreach and programming, a variety of programming and just kind of 
making sure that everyone, you know, finds something that they enjoy and finds something outside of their sport experience here um, that they can leverage in the future and that makes them feel like they they really belong to the University of Arizona and to our athletic department. Yeah, and with Inspired Women, you know, I think we, we have three main things. So it's, you know, how can we educate, how can we inspire, and how can we empower? And each one of our kind of, like Sophia was saying, our touch points has to fall into one of those pieces. And um, maybe it's bringing in speakers or doing workshops or having a newsletter or having them do a social media campaign or a poster campaign or maybe a video for the department. Um, it, it comes back to those three things of how can we help them, how can we help educate them on you know resources and um, maybe even just having them have language to, to describe their experience. How can we inspire them and how can we empower them to, to be change agents in their spheres of influence? I find that to be so important. So how do you inspire them? So like how do you strive to accomplish the goals? Yeah, so kind of like what I was saying, so we, um, so the inspiration pieces, that's where we try to bring um, speakers in. So we've been able to have like Amanda Beard come and Jessica Mendoza and um, have come and shared stories and, and tried to give them different perspectives on, you know, what they could do with their platform as student athletes. And so kind of just sparking different ideas. We've even had opportunities just to have panels where it's just come and talk and let's meet with, you know, someone from across campus or some leaders in the community. So that's our inspiration piece. The education piece comes into, you know, the workshops, sort of the discussion groups that we bring in um, to, to kind of our schedule. So Sometimes they're focused on like a video, let's watch a TED Talk and just talk about it. Or let's look at, um, you know, Brene Brown's work and read this chapter and, and see what we think about it and how does this apply. So exposing them to different educational components and then the empowerment pieces, that's where they're acting, where they get to then showcase who they are and what they do. So we've done posters, we've done videos, we've done social media campaigns to help them feel empowered and to put their to put their identities out there for everyone to see. And I think for Women of Purpose, I mean, a lot of our students are involved in inspiring women as well, so they get a lot of that there and similar um, programming and efforts within Men and Women of Purpose. But I think we also rely heavily on, like, our staff attendance and input um, and just helping them build their network and see people who look like them across campus and within athletics because there aren't too many of them. And so being able to help them build those connections and then so we'll have staff members that help lead the discussions or, or you know, share their own experiences and help them make connections across campus. And so for me that, that's been really um, important is to allow them to meet and connect with other resources, just kind of recognizing that um, that how important like the um, I can't think of it, representation is for them to see people in these prominent roles, knowing that you know athletics is just one space, but there's plenty of people across campus and within the community, and so providing that room for connection and networking for our students. 
Yeah, and I think that both both of those things are so important because one of them is taking it into action, and then one of them is connecting them to other people that have been successful that they might not have been able to witness coming from the communities that they may have come from or just being able to see more types of stories that, you know, it is possible. There is things going on besides just being an athlete. So based off of both both of these programs, you guys mentioned a lot of the types of events that you guys put on, but what was the favorite event that you guys hosted for each of these programs just this year so far and why? Um, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, so last semester, so the Inspiring Women, has, it's basically a four-semester curriculum where we looked at ex- um, external messages in the first semester, so media impressions or social media, um, what are the messages that are being you know, stereotyped about women and especially female athletes then we looked at internal, so self-compassion, what's our self-talk. And then last fall was our third semester, which is focused on creativity and how can we use creativity to combat self-doubt and the fear of failure. And so we offered two different workshops, and they both were drastically different, but all had a creativity component where it just you just had to go and do it. And so one of them, we partnered with an art teacher, a local art teacher, and she did spit painting with us, which is basically an Aboriginal art um, technique where you know you put your hand up on the piece of paper, and then there was a little tool that we created with straws and mesh that then you you basically spit the paint. You didn't put the paint in your mouth, but but you sprayed the paint over the piece of paper and over your hand, and basically it left the impression and that shadow effect, and everyone's was different. You know, it had different colors, different, you know, the sizes of the dots of the paint were different, and there was, there was no perfect way to do it, and each of us were unique, and that's where, you know, back in the, the days of this, this technique, a lot of the um, communities that use this technique, they put them on the sides of the wall to represent, like, I was here, I am. And I just love that because, you know, oftentimes we, we don't think about our imperfections as the qualities that make us unique and make us different. And so with that, um, with that activity, I, I just really thought, I saw a lot of the aha moments with our student athletes and how they were able to maybe apply this concept to maybe how they play or, you know, just their style of dress or whatever. It's, be proud of who you are and kind of glorify those things that might be different, but they really do make you unique and beautiful and um, to not be ashamed of them just because they're different. And for my favorite um, thing that we've done with Women of Purpose this year is in the fall, um, the Special Collections Library on campus had a 1968 in America exhibit. and the, the gentleman who Bob Diaz put it all together, this was all like his own artifacts and collector's items and did this really cool small little museum about, um, you know, what was going on in 1968. You had, 
you know, all these really prominent historical events happening from, like, a sport landscape, politically, socially, musically, like, all these, you know, it was a a huge time in our country's history, and he pulled, like, article clippings and trading cards and, like, album covers and stuff like that, and so we took our students there um, because some of the things that we were talking about in the fall was activism and history, and, and so being able to operate under this framework that we use the quote, understanding the past to help guide the future of kind of seeing where our country has been in terms of race relations or other forms of activism that were really prominent during the 60s and are still very prominent today and seeing, you know, where current activists and athletes kind of drew their inspiration from and, you know, where our our students can draw inspiration from and see what people have been fighting for for so long Um, and one, see how far we have come, but also, again, draw that inspiration to see how far we can go and, you know, the the power in speaking your truth and and really taking on these initiatives. So that was fun because we got to get outside of our normal meeting space within athletics, and they got to see, you know, photos of, like, Etta James and um, Tommy Smith and John Carlos and... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and so it was focused on what we were talking about specifically, but also had this, like, broader lens of society, which I think was just kind of fit perfectly into what Women of Purpose and Men and Women of Purpose is all about. Man, those are great. I think that for both of those, it kind of just goes back into society and just honing in on your own uniqueness and how that can be a place of power and that's awesome that you guys were able to host those events um so you know you guys talked about some of the major drawbacks or takeaways from those events what have been some of the other um takeaways and success stories from each of the programs that you guys conduct I would say, you know, with a lot of, Lisa, well, Inspire Women and, you know, Women of Purpose, we have a huge support base outside of life skills. So we have members from academics, coaches, administration, you know, the training room, and they all are able to, you know, we come together and we basically have brainstorming sessions or we'll catch each other in the hallway and, it really has created this web of community within our athletic department and something that we didn't really expect, Mm -hmm. you know, because our program was focused on student athletes, but with this byproduct of the programming and drawing people in and drawing other people's experiences into this, this web has really brought our department together and has kind of instilled these values across all aspects of you know, the student-athlete experience where, you know, they'll they'll be able to have conversations with people about our programs, you know, in the weight room or in the training room or with their coaches because their coaches were at the event. And I I think that's been one of the best um, results of our programming has just been this sense of community that it's developed within the department. Yeah, no, I I second that as it's always fun to feel it when you're supported and your programs are supported. And so it's cool to have, you know, 
professors and people from across campus like sending us ideas and being willing to, you know, take time out of their day and stay late and lead these these discussions. I think that's kind of just one of the benefits and one of the goals of the program is to get other people involved. Like as much as we love doing this and we love our jobs, like we know that we're not the end all be all. Like there's plenty of people who can help these students across campus. So it's like helping find those connections for them and find those touch points. But yeah, it's really both of them have helped establish this really strong community, I think, within those that are involved and you see, you know, students bringing along a teammate and kind of expanding it slowly but surely. And so it's just it's fun to see it grow um, between the students and staff members. And when staff asks if they can attend, I think that's always empowering as well. Mm -hmm. It's great to see that sense of community. Um, one of the questions that, you know, I just got out of that was why do you think that they wanted to become a part of this program. So why do you think that they acknowledge that it is as impactful as it is compared to, you know, coaches could sometimes just be caught up in the X's and O's and now they want to join this experience, which is phenomenal. So why, so why do you think that that is? I mean, I honestly think that it just gives them a space to not have to talk about the X's and O's. And we've just created, you know, that space and that structure where, you know, we you don't have to talk GPAs and APR scores and, you know, postseason schedules. Like, really, let's just talk about you as a person. And where can we sit and pause and, and think about how we're leaving behind this legacy of, being a wildcat, and you know, I, just as we, um, as the athletes feel like they can take that hat off and just be individuals, <laughs> and don't have to have that label of being a student or an athlete, and they can just really come and, and enjoy the discussion. I think that also goes for our staff as well, and the coaches, where they can really take off that hat and say, okay, let's just talk as women about some of these challenges that we're facing, whether you're facing them on the court or you're facing them in the grocery store. You know, we're, we're all here, and um, I think it allows them to do that, but then it also allows them to really connect with the student-athletes on a deeper level. Yeah, I think, um, and I know you've had conversations around, like, diversity and inclusion on your podcast, but just in, in drawing on, you know, big of a piece that is of the experience here and athletics is getting more on board with providing programming and resources for diversity and inclusion purposes and I think this is part of it and like recognizing the different elements to our students experiences and their identities and being able to provide that space like Lacey said to talk about it and like and validate it and let them know that, that they're not alone students and then with the staff like allow them the opportunity to share their experiences and then you know, it's not just our student athletes that face these things, it's the staff members across campus. Um, and so being able to kind of bond over those commonalities um, and kind of see how we can all help and support each other and, and make change on our campus. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. It, 
kind of what it does is it shines light on who on on who else they are, which is what you guys were pointing to, which is awesome. So um, both of these programs are great. You know, people that are listening to this podcast can go on to the athletic website and find more information about each. Um, this next segment is more about just life overall. So the first question of this segment is, What's one word that women need to hear more of and why? So we struggled with this question. It's hard. Um, and maybe it's because we're women and we can't talk in just one word. Yeah. Right? We need like a paragraph. <laughs> um, but the word that I came back to was just pause and to take a breath and to focus on your breath. Because I I feel it in my life, and I and I see it when I am able to sit down with a student athlete. It's I have this, I have this, I have this. I'm preparing for this. Like you're constantly forward thinking, or you know, focusing on the past of what happened and trying to analyze it. Where let's just pause and be in the present, and just say, okay, I'm gonna be myself, good, bad, and different. Like whatever it is, I'm gonna be myself right now. And then I'm going to, you know, make those strategic moves moving forward or rectifying the past. But just pause and breathe for a second. Yeah, I have a really hard time with this. I think I wrote down like 10 different words. <laughs> but um, one that I think like strength and just reminding our students and our female student athletes that like, you know, you can do this, you're strong. and. I think sometimes when I, you know, think about what they have to do in a day and kind of how much strength that takes, not only, like, in terms of, like, muscle endurance, but just, like, mental strength and, you know, just bouncing in between practice and class and life skills programming and just, like, you are strong, you're strong together, and, you know, there's so much strength and power in this experience and, and just empowering them to to see that and to take advantage of it. Um, but I think, like Lacey said, that, that like, patience piece and just kind of taking a breath and, and enjoying it at the same time. So it's not, not really a word, but... <laughs> yeah, Jack, we can't have a word. No, yeah. no, those are great. Those are awesome. Um, it's uh, present strength. So with that, I mean, people within this, industry find it hard enough to maximize on what you guys were were just talking about um but specifically like where does your guys passion stem from to inspire women i think a, a lot of it's from lived experiences um and i know that i i can be a critical person so just like looking at sport and looking at society critically and seeing how women's experiences are different and our women from marginalized communities, their experiences are different and just like wanting to validate that and recognize that and then also empower them and make sure that they're not, you know, left out or left behind and feel like making sure that they feel like they belong. So I think a lot of it is just from kind of seeing it through our own eyes or, you know, the eyes of people that we love and care about 
um, and just wanting there to be more and, and providing more for our students and staff on campus. Yeah, and I think, you know, from being athletes ourselves, you know, we kind of have ingrained in us this coach mentality of, okay, I'm going to see you where you're at right now, but I'm also going to see where you're going to be in two years or four years or whatever it is. And for me, like, I, I maybe I'm just an optimist and I just see glasses half full, but there is so much potential. And these young women are rock stars, and they have so much to offer not just their teams, but to offer the world. And they are true change agents for the future. And it fires me up to kind of think about what what could what could happen in their generation. And so being able to plant some seeds or to change a way of thought for even just a moment to be a part of that is pretty exciting. And to recognize that you know we're we might lay one little brick in, in their path, but you know, that that's what we can contribute. And I think also selfishly we need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we sit down and we have brainstorming sessions that last forever and <laughs> probably it's mostly trying to process our own situation <laughs> as well. So um but yeah, that's what kind of yeah. Well I want like the students, like when Lacey said that, you know, they're rock stars I can think of so many off the top of my head that I'm like, you were so cool. Like, you were doing way more than I ever did or, like, may ever do. Like, their passions, their side projects, and just, like, the things that they're doing is inspiring and, like, allows us to kind of or find out what more is out there and how we can help them in that process. But I feel like every time I learn more about some of our students, I'm like, man, you're so cool. Like, this is amazing. We need everyone to know about it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you want to play the song, the throwback song, Cooler Than Me by uh, Mike Mike Posner. Yeah, Yeah, they are. They're cooler than we are, for sure. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) based off of, you know, your guys' day-to-day interactions if you guys could give the athletes that you guys serve three pieces of advice what would they be and why um I think for me something that first came to the top of my head was something that my mom always tells me is like let the work teach you so kind of just like honoring the process and learning from successes and failures and just kind of rolling with the punches um, just, yeah, like not being too hard on yourself, but also like let the, the small victories and small wins really be exciting. Um, have fun because they're in college and it should be fun and they should be able to kind of let loose and relax a little bit. Um, and then the third piece that I thought of was just like, do, do one thing that gets you outside of your comfort zone or gets you outside of this space and, and in the programming, we try and do that. Um, but I think what I love about being on a college campus is, like, it's our own little world here, and you can get anything you would ever need. You just kind of got to look for it and be connected with the right people and do your own research. So just, like, go to another event on campus or meet with another professor or something like that because that's, that's where I grew the most was stepping outside of my comfort zone. And even if it's just one little thing, I think that can make a huge impact because you never know what 
you know, what opportunities could come of it. Yeah. And I think also, um, you know, I love the quote by Mohandas Gandhi, you know, what you do is insignificant, but it's important that you do it. Mm-hmm. And understand that, you know, we sometimes we hold things too tight. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 life will go on, right? And we're going to have failures, we're going to have setbacks, but you just have to keep going. And even though you might not feel like you're making a difference on your team or, you know, coming to this workshop is going to really impact your life, do it because it's important. And it's those little things that add up to big things. And, you know, along your path, find mentors. Find people that you connect with. That's the, you know, one thing that I really encourage our student athletes to do is, you know, like Sophia said, get out of your box. <laughs> and and meet someone who's going to help you or can connect with you or even just see you in a different perspective. Um, that's so important. And, you know, also I think there's a, a need for gratitude. And, you know, it is Women's History Month. And, you know, knowing what women went through to this point to have these opportunities in sport and to be where we are right now, although we have – you know, many more miles to go. Um, we we are so blessed to to be at this point in time where, you know, we we have so much available to us. Where you look back, you know, 40 years ago, and times were drastically different, and the landscape of female sports were were really hard. And um, so that sense of gratitude is, is something that I think we could always remember. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, we are miles away from where we need to be within the realm of athletics, but we are making steady progress as, as we can see just based off of history, but on the vice versa of that, I mean, we were just mentioning how, how much cooler our athletes are than us. Mm -hmm. So what are three things that you guys have, um, learn from the athletes that uh, you work with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and I think, you know, that, that could, we could go on forever, you know, <laughs> with that. But, you know, I was thinking about this question, you know, I've changed by working with them. And they have taught me so many elements that I didn't have previously, you know, moving into this space and moving into this career. And I think I am much more of a compassionate person and more empathetic with with my thoughts and my responses and just being able to listen, right? I mean, I think as an athlete, we always want to be able to say the right thing or have the perfect response that's going to pump them up and get them out there. And that's that's not always what they need. And what they need is sometimes just space to have a non-judgment zone where they just need to get off whatever's on their mind <laughs> and I can just be that listening ear that that can help pro- help them process the words that are coming out of their mouth. So those would be my three. But. Yeah, I think, and I mean, I when I think of, like, advice to give students, I think I also have to take my own advice. So, like, yeah. letting the work teach me, having fun, uh, and stepping outside of my comfort zone, but because like I, you know, I think we can all constantly work on things and 
Um, those are things that I also have to work on myself and have learned to continue to do just through that empathy and listening to the students. It's like we're always going to have to be continuously learning or educating ourselves or, you know, pivoting based on our students' needs. So I think, like Lacey said, that, like, listening and empathy and understanding piece are things that the students kind of are good reminders of every day if we want to do our jobs well and if we want to help them and maximize their potential. Couldn't agree more. We definitely have to meet them where they are at. So I have a few final questions for you guys, with the first one being, what's the legacy that each, that each of you wish to leave? Um, I hope the legacy that that I leave is um, encouraging students to like think critically and and recognize the power of this experience and the power that they have, um, and just kind of broadly empowering them to you know look into things and think about things and ask questions and just kind of find out what more is out there for them and for whatever they're passionate about. Yeah, I think I'm probably right along with Sophia, and maybe that's why we're working together. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we want them to feel empowered. We want them to feel like this is the space where they can come to just be them. And, you know, when we're, we're good and gone, you know, I hope they could always remember, like, hey, you know what, I could always go up and talk to Sophia or – you know, Lisa's door is always open. They always had a bowl of candy, and <laughs> I felt welcome, and I felt like I belonged. So that's the sense of belonging is definitely key. Um, and how, if people want to learn more about, you know, what you guys do, and just get the chance to connect with you guys more, how could they go about doing that? Oh, yeah, give us a follow. <laughs> so our, um, like, Life Skills Twitter account is UA Wildcat Way. And then the Instagram is A underscore stack. So you'll be able to see what all the other awesome things our students are doing. And then, I guess, email probably yeah. here. So, like, contact us individually. So mine is lpjohn 29 at email.arizona.edu. And, and mine is sreed, S-R-E-A-D, at email.arizona.edu. And I'm trying to be more active on Twitter, so I'll also give my Twitter a shout yeah. out. And it's just read underscore Sophia. Awesome. Well, I want to acknowledge you guys for a minute on being true game changers within this industry and helping to define the complexity that is identity by empowering the women and that you guys work with in serving as a sur as a source of inspiration. It's great that the athletes themselves get to sow the benefits of your wisdom and guidance, and it's even as great that our audience does as well. So with the with this being said, um, the final question since this is the Jack of all trades podcast and how to live a life with virtue with virtue being defined in my own personal 
brand as values that inspire the readiness to transform one's own understanding of excellence. What is your guys' own definition of virtue? And I think to me, like virtue and living a virtuous life is and it kind of like what your definition was, but like um, being true to yourself and true to your morals and values and letting that guide you in this like whirlwind. So recognizing that it's like ever evolving and your, your virtuous life when you're 20 is going to be different than your virtuous life when you're in your 50s. But kind of that is true to who you are and, and true to what you value. Um, so I think just that like ever evolving piece, but you know, remaining constantly yourself and and true to your values and passions. Yeah, and I mean, when I first saw the question, I, um, you know, I, I am very strong in my faith, and so when I first thought of virtue, I, I thought of this divine power, and um, you know, always having that eye pointed upward on where you can go and what you can be and how there's just a limitless capacity to to who you are. And oftentimes we don't even understand that. And so, um, you know, I think of of that divine potential that we all have as as humans and as beings um, far greater than what we can even comprehend. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with both of those. Those are so important. Um, so I guess one other question that I would have is, is there anything else that, you know, I didn't ask that you guys might want to cover? No, I think your questions were awesome. And we're just really excited to kind of be able to share what we're doing, but also continue to learn from what other student athlete development professionals are doing because, I mean, I think when you, you can get in a deep hole of looking what other campuses are doing, and it's so inspiring for us, and I think that's where we draw a lot of our inspiration from, too. So thank you for allowing us to kind of share some of our nuggets of experience, and, and um, we hope people enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation that I was fortunate to have surrounding the topic of empowering women through student-athlete development programming that I was able to have with both Sophia and Lacey from the University of Arizona. And if you did enjoy this conversation, make sure to share this podcast with your colleagues because the purpose of this podcast is to provide value to who you are in your profession so that you can continue to serve the athletes that you get to work with on a day-to-day basis to the best possible aptitude. Be sure to check out upcoming episodes featuring the programming at Colorado State University and other great guests. But until next time, continue to live a life full of virtue.